0: Hello, out to all you wonderful people. This is Andre the Game, my dear guy. Thank you once again for lending me your time and your ear, listening in to another Gamer's Thoughts discussion. And this time, I'm going to be talking about pushing the industry forward. Now, I've pretty much tackled this subject before from different angles, and that's something that I do. I'll tackle a subject from one angle, then <clears throat> later on down the line, I'll attack it from a different one to see. If maybe what I'm saying makes sense more from a different perspective on it. Now, what am I talking about when I say pushing the industry forward? Well, this typically becomes the response that you would hear from someone who's agitated about Nintendo not putting all of their time and energy into higher quality graphics when it comes down to their games or any other company that just kind of doesn't have the philosophy of worrying about making sure their game is the prettiest and they spend more time working on making sure that they just have what's fun and that people can have access to pretty much easily. Now this typically sometimes will come down to hardware. Because that's just the thing. It will come down to hardware with what hardware can provide what different effects that people will go ooh and ah about and look at and say ooh this is so pretty for five minutes and get lost in that because that's where the hype is. Instead of hey this game is fun. There's a lot of really good structure to it. The gameplay systems work great. Like, I can really get engrossed in the story. It's enjoyable to me. Now there are people who will say these things. I'm not saying that there are not. I'm just saying that that's not the majority. Because whether people like it or not, the the more gaming becomes mainstream. The more casual it becomes. And the more casual it becomes, the more it has to be treated like a flash in the pan and catch you ooh and ah, rather than be treated like a slow burner that gives you substance over time. And it becomes more over time. It's like, for instance, say you really love steak. You love yourself like a, a kind of medium well steak. Some people like their steak rare, some people like their steak completely well done, but you sit somewhere in the middle. So in order to achieve that cook, you can't just throw the steak in a pan at the highest temperature and just cook the outside of it. You're going to get a rare steak. It's kind of semi-cooked, but not quite how you want it. It takes longer. It needs to slowly cook to that point. So you cook it at a lower temperature. And you pay more attention to it during the cooking process. And it becomes what you're looking for. Gaming should be treated much the same as that. Where we are so worried, and I say we loosely, but we're so worried about having the best graphics, having the highest technology that we can have, having ray tracing and HDR and so many different things that are thrown in there, buzzwords that people don't understand what they mean. And a multitude of different things that people don't know what these things actually do. They do not know the tax on the hardware that they're using for this stuff to be capable of happening. But they want it there. It's like people wanting SSDs. Don't know exactly what an SSD does, but that's what they want. The only thing that they know about SSDs is that they are faster than hard drives. So, it's a faster form of storage than a hard drive. Does that make a difference? Not much, because it doesn't really do anything on the back end of a game outside of potentially making it load a little bit faster. Depending on cases. I mean, I'll be real. Some games load incredibly fast from SSDs, but those are usually smaller games. Bigger ones are still going to take a good deal of time to load. They'll still be faster than hard drives, but they're still going to take a good deal of time to load. But this is an achievable goal on a bunch of different storage mediums. And I don't think people really understand that. This is an achievable goal on a bunch of different storage mediums. You can speed up how fast the game loads. You can ultimately do that. Hell, if you give a system far more RAM, a game will load faster. Because there are more lanes to process the information. But people don't want to actually act like they know this. But we're worried, again, about the technology that makes things a little bit prettier, that makes it sound more complicated than it actually is, but instead of worrying about the actual technology that does enhance things, that does make an industry grow over time. For everyone who hated on the wee waggle, motion controls are damn near a staple. They are damn near a staple now. Think about it. Motion control led to gyro. And gyro is in, you know, two out of the three consoles that everybody has on the market. Gyro is achievable on PC, depending on what controller you're using. And motion controls are the best way to interact with VR. So let's not get it twisted. Everyone hated the Wii Waggle until it evolved into something else and ended up other places. That's the type of technology that gaming needs to build upon. Ways to interact with the game. That's something Nintendo does. And Sony copies. For a good deal of what they do, Sony will look at something like eh, that seems interesting. We're going to copy that. But why do we worry about the more powerful hardware pushing the industry forward rather than just worrying about having decent hardware? That utilizes more than one way to play a game. That gives us multiple different options. Allows us to have a bunch of different play styles. Allows us to be able to tap into the game. In a multitude of different ways. Why is that not considered pushing the industry forward? Especially again because that's more of the slow burner concept. That's building upon what we have currently. And then, yeah, eventually grap- graphics are going to get better over time Anyway, They were going to get better over time. Anyhow, because newer techniques were being used and creating textures and tightening up polygons. There were new ways of doing that and there were going to be new ways of doing that no matter what. But there aren't too many things that are creating new ways for you to play and interact with your game. I'm I'm going to be looking forward to the day where we have full scale AR video games. And I know we're not that far from that happening. Where you can bring the game to the real world. It's happening in small doses on mobile now. Eventually, it may bring itself to console. And I'm hoping that's what Nintendo's plan is. That they're going to go ahead and start bleeding into AR. They kind of did it a little bit. With Labo when everybody made jokes about them selling boxes. They kind of did it. But not a lot of people pay attention. As somebody who is a creative mentally... That may not have all of the talents that would be needed to be the massive creative I want to be. I certainly recognize when someone's pattern follows a logical output. Nintendo's pattern, at least for how they release stuff in the gaming industry, what they do with it, it's a logical flow. Especially if you plan to remain successful over a long period of time. Sony's approach originally was going this direction. I mean, maybe a little bit less than Nintendo's because of them paying for a lot of their third party games. Originally. But they kind of were like going that direction. Microsoft came in and it became all about having the most powerful hardware and the best graphics if possible and pushing the industry forward in that direction. But guess what pushing the industry forward like that brought to us? We lost tons of middleware studios. AAA stopped meaning a great quality game. It started referring to the budget of a game. Game consoles became more expensive. Video games became more expensive. Then companies had to start, killing the cutting the price of their games, in order to get more sales. But then they ended up making less money. So then they have to do shifty things like you know, pulling games apart piece by piece. And selling you the ending to a game that released for 20 additional dollars. Instead of just making one version of the game at the price point that would have been successful for them for that particular game. They sold you the actual ending for $20. If you didn't buy the deluxe edition. Pushing the industry forward in that way gives us NFTs. Companies now trying to jump on this new trend that is, again, nothing more than an additional form of DRM that costs more money and it doesn't even have any longevity to it. That's what pushing the industry forward in this direction has led to. That's why we have so many games as a service that aren't actually services. they are just more ways for companies to bleed money out of the gamers that play those games. And again, these things don't have longevity because the second that they shut those servers down, those games are dead. Unless someone's fan enough of the game to find a way to modify it And create their own service. In order to bring it back up. That's what. Pushing the industry forward. In this direction brings. It brings people to. Think that they know. Exactly what the technology is doing. When they really don't. And they. Follow all the buzzwords and trends that they can. And then they argue over arbitrary blades of grass in a damn video game. That's what pushing the industry forward in this direction brings. It becomes less about the fun and enjoyment and excitement of the entertainment medium. And more about how you can bash other people for not having your preferences. It becomes broken games that have glitches everywhere. That are called nostalgic and beloved. Because, hey, the company won't build a new engine for their games. It becomes milking new franchises from day one until there's nearly nothing left of them other than their name. And fans have fallen out of love with the concept in about five years time. Because the company had a really hot game, a really hot concept, and they just couldn't make anything else besides that hot game and concept. It becomes classic franchises falling to the wayside, being forgotten and treated like garbage because, hey, we don't know if it'll sell this day and age. That's what pushing the industry forward in this direction brings. I mean, hey, you don't have to believe me, but there is a string of history that will tell you otherwise. Again, I may not be the tech guy, But I can tell when, hey, this just isn't a good idea. This has ruined a lot of things that we loved about the video game industry. This has destroyed plenty of companies, taken away plenty of jobs. And this has led to several other larger companies buying up a lot of the smaller studios just to get rid of them within five years time. That's what pushing the industry forward in this direction brings. Again, I look, I may have a preference toward Nintendo over Microsoft and Sony. But as I have always said, I have been, I was a Sega fan. When it came down to Nintendo and Sega back in the day, I was a Sega fan. Now, as a kid back then, yeah, no, I I didn't know the dire straits that Sega was in. But being able to go back and look at history, Sega made poor choices because they were trying to push the industry forward themselves in a way that wasn't beneficial to them. And they did some great things that got adopted by the other companies. But they also did made some poor choices that put them behind because instead of thinking forward, they reacted to what everyone else was doing. And in them, reacting to what everyone else is doing, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. It's just the way things happened. Now, is pushing the industry forward, dropping the price of your game three months into its existence after it has launched? Just to crank up your sales numbers, but not actually make enough revenue to make the game sustainable. Because, because that has happened a lot. Actually, that's one of the reasons that Square Enix lost so much money on Tomb Raider. Because the game wasn't selling at its launch price. And they spent a lot of money on it. So they dropped the price. In order to try to build up sales. And they never quite made the threshold. Same thing can be said. For a lot of Sony's games. And Sony does put out. Some decent quality games. But I can tell you right now. They don't make as much money. As they project on those games. Because. By the third month, the game has dropped a third in the price, and two months after that, it has dropped about fifty percent in price. And then another three months after that, it's down to one third of the price that it was originally launched at. Within a year, usually Sony Sony's games drop down to twenty dollars, and that's usually because they don't sell well. But the sad thing is when Sony started following this pattern, it became what it became because now people won't purchase their games off the top when they're new, when they launch because they're waiting for the price to drop. So it essentially became a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's one reason that Sony has had so much struggle with making money and it's not just in gaming that that was a problem that that was actually a problem across the board with them with a lot of their different things that's why we ended up losing so much stuff from Sony but uh, nobody's gonna wanna like you know go back and look at you know ViO for one Or the Xperia phone. I don't think people want to actually look back at that type of stuff. It's just a painful reminder of a lot of their failures that possibly could have been avoided. At least in hindsight. In the moment, maybe they saw some stuff a little bit differently. I can't speak to that directly because I don't work for them. But in hindsight, you can see a lot of the things that they did just did not work very well for them. And that there may have been a few options open to them that had they not, you know, done certain things or had they not established certain patterns would be more successful. That's why Sony is ending up with their own version of what Microsoft has for Game Pass. It's not exact, but it's close enough to be considered their own version of it. And they have a different tiering system because they're trying to find ways to make what they sell more viable. They're trying to bring back viability to their products. If it's successful or not, I don't know if it will be. I'm just going based on what pattern I'm watching. Because Sony has become the reactionary part of the industry. They've become the reactionary ones. And I think maybe their name brand was quite a bit stronger than what Sega's was. But if they keep up this pattern, they may eventually drop from being a console manufacturer. May. I don't know for sure. And that was because they were chasing higher quality technology instead of learning to work within what's already been proven to be successful. And Iwata said it years ago. The pattern the gaming industry was following was not sustainable, and it's been proven time and time again. But what do I know? I'm just a gamer that's talking about it. Who's been a fan of it since he was two years old. So I I clearly don't know much about gaming. Maybe gaming should learn to push the industry forward in a different way. One that doesn't bleed itself to death. But that's my my take on it. If anybody has anything that they would like to say or anything that they would like to add, I'm open to hearing it. Otherwise, thank you guys very much for listening in. Keep your eyes and ears up for more stuff from me. And until the next time, enjoy your games. Peace out, everybody.